It's decided. Moomin Rider will remain the top-ranked Class C hero. Understood. I will inform him of our decision. It's baffling. I don't know why he has no desire to move up to Class B. Our next item on the agenda for this meeting? The 55th Hero Certification Exam and the circumstances surrounding it. Currently, the total number of candidates is... Over 11,000, with the exam offered at six different venues. That's an increase of more than 22% over the previous exam. We mustn't be happy with simple quantity. Even with more candidates, if the quality of the heroes is reduced, then the numbers are meaningless. Therefore, we must be even more critical during evaluations. Also, it's my understanding that a certain person of interest is taking the exam this time. Yes, sir. It hasn't been confirmed yet. But I'm confident that his participation will indeed occur. Two dudes, of course, in their 30s, talk about anime, and he's the top of the C class. He's Andy. Hey, that sounds really good, right? Like, that's almost the best. Is that how that works? And I'm the bottom of the S class. I'm Bill. Uh, S is higher in the alphabet. Does that mean it's better or worse? Yes. You would be at the bottom, wouldn't you? (laughs) Ass joke, ass joke, ass joke. Hey, guy. God, that was an ass joke. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, hi. Hi. I'm bringing that grade A high energy today. And by that, I mean I've got a bit of a cold, and it was homecoming week, and I'm just generally very tired. That silky smooth phlegm. <laughs> yes, that's so gross. I don't typically describe my phlegm in that way, but... Audio butter. Uh, oh, gr- oh I don't... Mm, I don't approve of any of this. Is our podcasting a trigger warning? I... For what? The phlegm? Or the butter? Yes. Okay. I Hey! Why start now? Why, we should... <laughs> we're only five seasons in. Hey, Bill. Hi. We're doing this tuning Japanese thing where we talk about anime! We're talking about episode five of One Punch Man. Yeah. The Ultimate Master. This is a weird episode. Yeah. I don't... Well, I don't want to... We'll, we'll get there. We will. We'll get we'll, there. We'll get there. But first... How but, you been? But first. But but first. Bottom of the S class. How you been? It's been a week. It has, hasn't it? Yes. I think I think for both of us. Probably more than me, but still, <laughs> uh, it seems like it's been a week. It has been a week. <sighs> Lots of things going on. We're finally back in the recording studio. It is the spoopy season. It's October. Which is always fun. Which is very fun, which means that we'll probably do another Halloween bonus episode. It's like, not bonus episode for Patreon, but bonus episode on our stream, our podcasting stream, where we'll, I don't know, what did we do last year? We I know we did, we did Helsing one year, Ultimate Abridged. Did we do Over the Garden Wall 
as a summer thing, or we that, that was a summer read, okay. a summer summer reading, a summer viewing. Uh, oh, we did the Sailor Moon episode. We did. We did the weird Halloween Sailor Moon episode from season one, yep. where they're at the spooky mansion. Yep, <laughs> that was actually a lot of fun. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring some hot. Amazing, spoopy content to you at some point in the month of October. I have a really good idea. Oh, yeah? Andy, edit this out. Okay. That's actually a cool idea, but the fans will find out maybe in a few weeks what that idea is. Yes, Yes, indeed. But the other thing with October is that, obviously, no Josh. What? How's that any different than the other month of the year? (laughs) I'm sure he'll pop in at some point during this episode. He'll find a way to teleport himself in and... Give us his synopsis of episode five. Not if we don't tell him. Okay, let's get to some nerd news, shall we? Sure, yeah. I think the the biggest thing going on right now with regards to, like, kind of nerdy culture, I don't know really really if I call it nerdy culture. There's, like, a, a cross-section of people who are part of the, the nerdy world and are also fans of wrestling. I, I've never really... I can never really determine if you can I, call being a wrestling fan a nerdy adventure I, I or adventure. I think it is. Why do you say that? I'm kind of curious because, like, it seems like it's one of those things that's kind of iffy. No, I think maybe at one point in the history, you know, your your wrestling fan was stereotypically the redneck, you know, beer drinking, monster truck loving. You know, I don't think the current generation of wrestling fans are those wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. I think that went out, you know, with the NWA, AWA, or that the old school promotions. Yeah, I think. Attitude Era slash NWO brought in the younger, nerdier kids, the kids that were a little bit smart to it, mm-hmm. who have grown up and become nerds, and the people that have followed in their footsteps have been nerds. Yeah. I think the demographic has changed drastically. Yeah, I think there is an interesting cross-section of wrestling fans and video game fans, or wrestling fans and even anime fans. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like, there are actually a decent amount of podcasts out there that cover wrestling and anime, which I find really strange. There are a decent amount of wrestlers out there who are anime fans. You're right. Uh, you know, just just look at uh, The New Day and some of their interesting outfit choices at, at well, events. Even, or... even Christopher Daniels' Curry Man character. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I guess the proliferation of wrestling in Japan probably leads to that. Oh, you're definitely right. I can see the crossover with that completely. Right. Uh, but my point being, uh, this is kind of an interesting moment. I think a moment that will be remembered for quite some time to wrestling fans and the wrestling history, the annals of wrestling, uh, because it was the debut this week, as we're recording this, of AEW's, what is it? What's the name of the program? Dynamite or no, it's AEW something or I think other. It was Dynamite. Was it Dynamite? Yeah, because it was yeah. on TNT. Yeah, yeah. And. That kind of going up against being the first really major opponent to WWE's programming, um, and in this case on Wednesday night, so going head-to-head with NXT, which had recently found home on the USA Network. At this point, I don't think they're much bigger of a threat or much bigger of a an issue than, say, uh, Impact was yeah. when they first came around. But the differences are, I think the guys doing AEW believe in it more Mm -hmm. you know it was a lot of old dudes looking for checks and investors oh totally and in tna in tna yeah um i just feel like the whole there's a lot more passion a lot more heart a lot more hunger in in aew than there was in impact Mm -hmm. and if we're going to be frank about it wwe was strong in those days and they're crippled at this point i find it interesting most of all that 
in everything, like obviously WWE has to answer back, so they put programming on opposite it. Mm-hmm. Now, AEW was smart not to choose to try to, to try to like you know finagle a, a Monday or a Friday night slot. Yep. But it's interesting that WWE responds by sending out their developmental kind of like building ground uh, that has been raised up to the level almost kind of akin to like a raw or a smackdown the the target audience that's going to care about AEW again the smart mark internet fanboy are the guys who are watching NXT and praising yeah. it yeah they're the hardcores are the ones watching NXT and mm-hmm. praising it above raw and smackdown yeah and they're going to be the ones that are going to watch AEW mm-hmm. not only is it smart because it's a more manageable opponent it's smart because it's the same segment of their audience mm mm-hmm. Now, I didn't watch. I did not at all watch AEW. Um, I don't have access to watching AEW, but I did watch the episode of NXT, the after the fact, because it is available on Hulu, and they really did go all out, like to at least give a really action packed card. Not a lot happened with regards to something like a shocking title change, right? Like Shayna Baszler defeated Candice LeRae. The Undisputed Era pretty much still are holding all the gold at the end of the afternoon night, but they did bring in some cool surprises like Finn Balor is now going to be back exclusively on NXT, where I think he kind of belongs. No shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, he came out and uh, kind of got in the face of Adam Cole, the, the current NXT champion and the, the head of the Undisputed Era. And then you had, at the very end of the night, Tommaso Ciampa, who had been you know out on the shelf with a really nasty injury. He came back as well. So, like... They had a lot of really interesting moments, and it was paced well, and it was all pretty much just wrestling. Like the only thing that wasn't wrestling was they gave Velveteen Dream a short like segment where he got to just be fucking amazing because the Velveteen Team Dream is amazing, and yeah, it was it was just gold. It was I mean it was it was a good show, but as you said, I, I think off mic I don't know if we mentioned it on mic, uh, AEW definitely swung came out swinging and won in the ratings. I think it was a crush in ratings. Yeah, I think WWE was like 900,000 viewers uh, for NXT, and I think it was one point something million for yeah. AEW. So, yeah, definitely a definitive victory. Now, it is a lot of hype, a lot of new eyes, just wanted to see what it was like. Right, it's brand new. NXT has been around. It's in a new home, it's in a new format, but NXT is not new. But WWE has a lot of options to bring some of those people that made a name for oh, themselves yeah. on NXT back to there to draw viewership over there and give those guys who are given no, nothing at the t- uh, the roster on Raw or SmackDown an actual legitimate run. Was oh, that Triple H still running NXT? Yes. Uh, the rumor was that Vince was going to start taking over NXT, but that was actually a false rumor, and Trips is still very much at the helm of what's going on there, Pro- alongside of people like Shawn Michaels, who's doing a lot of work with the NXT guys, and just a lot of really knowledgeable individuals. Probably all the more reason it's worth watching. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't shock me if Triple H is enjoying this. Oh, totally. Having competition. Mm-hmm. Having a real wrestling show to go up against. Mm-hmm. You know. He lived it as a wrestler. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm sure he's loving this. I got to imagine it's probably not quite the um, you know, the blood feud that it was with WCW. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think this is probably a rivalry, not an enemy. Right. But I don't want to go too far into it because there are some people out there probably listening to our show that don't know anything about wrestling. Right. Um, but yeah, if you are interested, definitely go check out those programs. Uh, AEW on Wednesday nights on TNT and NXT on the USA Network. And it's interesting to see. It's it's a brand new Wednesday Night War 
uh, between the two companies. It'll be interesting to see where both companies go, kind of essentially to win the viewership. Has Orange Cassidy made his debut, debut yet? No, I don't think I don't think I've seen him on there yet necessarily. So he's an interesting dude. Just Google Orange Cassidy. You will either <laughs> love it or hate it because I don't think there's any middle ground at all. You got any nerd news, Bill? Unicron Watch. Oh boy! Dun 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 dun. Uh, they're about 500 uh, backers away from their 8,000 with uh, about two days left to go. Mm, nice mail bullshit. It did have quite a significant jump in the last week or so, about 2,000. Yeah, I was. I had checked it out. It actually, I think, had posted on my Facebook. You know, you know, your phone is always listening to you, and I'm pretty sure we were talking about it at one point. My phone's like, "What? You want to buy Unicron?" And uh, I, I looked at it, and it was in the five thousands when I had looked last, and that wasn't that yep. long ago. It was a few days ago. So now all of a sudden we're at seven thousand some. That seems really fishy for a project that they had to extend the time on just to get. Yeah, that seems yeah. weird to me. So I think there might be a little. A little bit chicanery. Shenan- yeah, it wouldn't, I would little be shocked. A little fuckery going on there. Yeah, part of me says, forget Hasbro. Be done mm-hmm. supporting them. But they have Marvel. Yeah. They have Transformers. They have Power Rangers. Yeah, they've got everything. Got all the things I like. Pretty much. Kind of like Disney. Yeah. I can't get away from them because no. they have all the stuff I exactly. like. Exactly. They, they persist and own everything. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, you've got two days, so that means next time we record, we'll know if uh, this thing is funded, and we'll also know if Bill has uh, gone out there and blown a paycheck because he had to have one and uh, last minute decide to, to back it. No, that ain't going to happen. Oh, okay. So you're not the 2,000 mysterious backers? I'm not. Okay, that's right. The 2,000? <laughs> yeah, maybe I thought maybe it's like... 2,000 Unicrons? Yeah, 2,000. I'm going to need more shelf space. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, we'll find out about that uh, coming up. Oh, man, my voice is dying. Hey, this was supposed to be Josh's week. It was supposed to be. So what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of play the episode. We've both seen it, uh-huh. obviously. We're going to kind of play the episode just kind of talk about what happens. It's not going to be quite as comprehensive, I think, as a typical review. Right. Um, but we're putting something out there. But we're putting something out there, and it is a weird episode. I'm not 100% sure how I feel about this one. This might be the first episode where I'm not as into it. Which is kind of a shame because this is—it was building up a lot of interest up to this point. Or will I open up new horizons to the story with this Maybe. episode, and you'll be totally transformed by the end? We'll find out. We'll find out. So we start this episode with a bunch of suits talking about superheroes. I mean, uh, you gotta have suits. The Anti-Disaster Hero Association, right, or whatever, and it's just a bunch of people. Talking about Moomin Rider, talking about an agenda, talking about like essentially like the exams, yeah. and they're the pen- the pencil pushers of the association, basically. I think. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I, I guess it kind of makes sense that if you're going to monetize and control superheroes, there's got to be a board of directors of some sort. Right, you have to have, and they can't all be superheroes. You need somebody actually just like doing the crunching the numbers and writing the tests and stuff. I guess. It's weird. It's definitely a view of superheroes that I've never really seen before. It's kind of like if the Mutant Registration Act or uh, Civil War, Civil War, like was played out to the point where like you saw behind the scenes the minutia of it, right? Which is weird to me, and that people just went with it instead of it being a thing, right? Absolutely, a little bit like Brave New World. 
Uh-huh. The role-playing role game. Role-playing game, not the work by Aldous Huxley from right. the 1920s. Yeah. Maybe even a little bit like The Boys? Now, we've talked about this, I think, even on air before. Probably. Briefly. Uh, which, but for those of you who don't don't remember or whatnot, can you just give, like, what do you mean by that? It's a comic book by Garth Ennis that has been turned into a show on Amazon Prime. A bunch of dudes whose whole job is to go out and kill superheroes, keep them in check, because they're all assholes. Who watches The Watchmen? Watchmen is definitely a, a, a inspiration, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this just kind of goes on for a little bit, and they're they're talking about essentially like results of exams. You know, like the, there's the important thing is we find out about our main character and his sidekick. Well, they definitely have singled out Genos, right? You know, they're they're looking over his file, and I you know I guess it makes sense because at the end of the last episode, we saw those people who were like in suits wandering around where the evil organization in the tower was. I right. can't think of the name of that now. Uh, it was either the last episode or the episode before that one, uh, trying to figure out, like, who did this. Right. We need to find this guy. I think even there they, they hold out, like, the young cyborg is what they're talking about. Yeah, they're, they're, they're legit talking about him. So Because Genos is, as we said before, he is the typical anime protagonist. Oh, yeah. Like, if this wasn't the farce it was, he would be the main character. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. He He's that, that, got that cool sort of, like look to him. Everything about him, right? Like, kind of screams that, like, main anime uh, character. Well, he's even still got the green eyes and and blonde hair and stuff. Oh, yeah, totally. We get a theme song. Wampunch! Good good song. It's alright. Uh, we go to... <laughs> it's, it's better than the second season song. Well, that's fair. I haven't seen the second season. I've, I've only seen five episodes of this anime. <laughs> Uh, we cut to a view of outside of where they're doing the testing, or I guess it's inside where they're doing the testing. Yeah, like, like a... there's lines for people to to like sign paperwork. There's like training areas, and then we get Saitama in a banana hammock, <laughs> and he's scratching his ass like he do, and uh, he's just surrounded by all of these potential superheroes. It's go time for Saitama. Yep. Like he essentially goes through all the tests. Jumping back and forth, jumping into the air, running really, really fast and laughing well, do, all the others. They do whack-a-mole at one point, I think. Oh, they? the whack-a-mole is great. Like, that's amazing. Like, he does all of these things, and everyone around is watching, like, gasping. Yep. He basically completely out. smokes every physical challenge they put after him. Oh, absolutely. Later in the episode, they're going to say, like, oh, he totally aced the, the physical stuff. Yep. So, like, I guess kind of proving, ultimately, that he is actually the strongest and best-trained uh, individual in right. existence. Yep. Or at least in their records. Right. Uh, we cut to the, the, I guess, the locker room. Yeah, locker room. Where they're just, he's just so excited to get his results. He's actually really happy with himself. It's yeah. interesting because, like, you don't see him ever show a whole lot of emotion. But here he's, like, so jazzed. Right. Well, because he's going to be able to be ranked. He's going to be able to, it's going to accomplish something. Right. You know, even even though maybe the stuff is easy for him, he's at least going to have some metric that he who he is and what he's doing. Yeah, which is something he hasn't had up to this point. He just one punches something yep. and then obliterates it and then he feels like no sense of uh, accomplishment. accomplishment at all. Yep. Genos kind of wanders up. He's not well clothed either. He's just... No, but I mean... He's just all robot parts. He got no junk. That's true. He, he, got, he got no junk. <laughs> uh, he comes in and basically says, hey, how'd the test go? It was really easy for me, but you only need a 70% to pass. Right. C's get degrees in this world. <laughs> I mean, not just this world. 
Right. Well, that's fair. And he essentially is like, yeah, so the the writing test, because apparently this is half physical test, half yep. writing test. And Jeno says, yeah, the writing test was super easy. I don't know how anyone couldn't get 100%. Uh, to which Genos actually shows, like, hey, here's my certificate. I got 100%. Yep, I'm, on everything. I'm S class. I am S class. 100 out of 100 it is amazing. Even though Genos is like, like so pumped, he assumes that Saitama must have. Well, because Saitama is way more powerful than he is. Yeah. So Saitama takes out his from his envelope and starts lifting it up and realizes, like, oh yeah, I did it. Come to find out, the top of the seal looks a lot like a top of an S. It does because he is actually. The bottom of the C class, he got a 71% on, on his, uh, <laughs> written. Ri- well, on his full evaluation. Full evaluation, yeah. Because he got a, a 50 out of 50 on his physical. Right. But then apparently only a 21 out of 50 <laughs> on the test that everyone could pass. We cut to a, a short scene where Genos asks Saitama, hey, so how did you do on the interview portion? And he's like, interview portion. Like, there was none. And then we see basically three suits asking Genos about the destroyed tower. Right, because they, again, they're interested in him. Yeah. Not as a superhero, necessarily. Well. Maybe. Even as a superhero, they think he's important. Yeah. They made him S-Class. He's obviously strong and powerful and can do all kinds of crazy stuff. So we should talk to him about what he's done. That's true. But I almost kind of saw it as, and I could be completely reading the situation wrong, and you've, you've seen more episodes than I right. have, so like you have a different idea of where this goes, obviously. I almost saw it as there's something nefarious going on with these suits and him. Okay. That's And again, don't tell me if I'm right or wrong. Right. I appreciate the okay response, uh, but that's just kind of where my brain went. Like, okay, right. there's there's got to be something else going on here that uh, is more than meets the eye. This is where Saitama realizes, finally, that he got 71 points, uh, and that he's ranked so much lower than poor Genos. Yeah, and Genos kind of can't believe what, what's going on uh, at that particular point. But this sets up our next scene, where essentially uh, all successful candidates have to meet at 4 p.m., and apparently there's only two successful people. Yep. Because we cut to the room itself, and... In that room are only our two heroes. But before that, we're actually, we see like a stage, like a, like a, like a sound stage. Yeah, it's sort of a. Like a talk show, maybe? Yeah, it's like a media interview blitz, media blitz kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then some dude with blue hair talking on the phone. He's got, you know, confidential documents about Genos once again. He is definitely interested in Genos. This is when we cut to the classroom with uh, the orientation room. Yes. And literally, it's just two people and a dude in a snake skin suit. Snake bite snake. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. It's a weird name. He's it's... apparently, what, A-class? I believe so, yes. And, and because he's A-class, he says that he's got a lot of sway, essentially. He's there to be a hard-ass professor and essentially... I think he's the top of the A-class. Is he the top? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember if he was the top of the A-class or the dude with the blue hair was the top of the A-class. Or maybe he was top of the S-class. Um, but either no, way, we don't ever, we have yet to see the top of the S class. Oh, that's fair. The number one hero, um, we never see. Uh, apparently this snake dude though, snake bite snake, is that yep. what you said? Uh, it's, he's showing off. It's snake bite and then S N E K. So snake bite snake. <laughs> snakey snake. Snakey snake, snakey snake, snake. But Saitama is not impressed. Thank you. <laughs> Saitama is not impressed at all. He just is chewing gum. Well, because he's bubbles. Saitama. 
Yeah. Like, he's not impressed by anything. All he could think about is what's going to be for dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. Classic Saitama. This is where we cut a, now to Genos and uh, Saitama walking, and this is where we find out that not all superheroes can just fight big monsters and destroy them. Right. And actually, Saitama shouldn't be doing that. Right. Because he's only C-class. He's not in the right class to do it. Right. Is this where they go over the the threat levels? I th- I can't remember if this is where they go over the threat levels. I know they talk about, like, he should be fighting, like, people stealing purses. Right. And, and things like that. As a, C- as a C-class hero, that's what they'd be doing. Uh, street class, you know, Marvel, the street Yeah, heroes. like street level. Yeah, so he's in... So Saitama's <laughs> in class with, like, Daredevil. Yeah, essentially. Theoretically Spider-Man, although Spider-Man... Is higher because of his powers. Because he's he Spider-Man. Because well, he's Forget his power, just a crappy it's, Yeah, it's just yeah. a power of popularity. Same with Batman. Essentially, yeah. I mean, that, that's a good way to look at it. So we cut to a scene with Snakebite, and he's talking to one of the suits, and he's kind of upset because Genos is higher than he is. Right. And, you know, and I think he even says, like, he's A-class, like, rank 38. So, like, the snake guy's not quite at the top, but he is still pretty high up there for all the superheroes. And at this point, we get a little bit of a cutaway, too, where they actually talk about Saitama, of all people, again. Because Saitama's yeah. only C-class. But this is where the suit's saying, essentially, yeah, if it wasn't for his shitty writing skill. Right. And that clearly 50 out of 50 really isn't correct. Yeah, that he should be higher. Yeah, if, if if that scale went higher, he would be higher. Absolutely. That he should have 100 out of 100 just based on physical alone. Right. I don't know why things in Japan use S as higher than A. Um, It's a very common thing. I don't it's extremely it. common. You see it in video games all the time. All the time. Like, Even your chocobos. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, like Final Fantasy VII that was the yep. first time I think I ever officially saw that. Yeah. Was when you, you could you could train the chocobos and, yeah, like the highest, like I thought, like A, and then all of a sudden there's S. Yep. Um, that happens a lot. It's really bizarre. Well, the next important thing that happens with Saitama's off thinking about what his, uh, where how he's going to go up the ranks and how long it's going to be. Yeah, like you'll go from C to B to B to A and A to, to S. And uh, Snake by Snake jumps him, tries to haze him. Oh, yeah, he totally just gets in his face, and his arms turn to snakes. Yep. I think that's probably more like the Yamcha thing, where, like, you see the wolf head when he made the punch. Oh, okay, yeah, just I, for kind of visual I don't think effect. he's literally turning into snakes. Yeah. And he gets knocked the fuck out. Oh, a hundo percent. Just laid fucking flat. And we get this shot of him just kind of so like... So, again, he clearly doesn't kill everybody he hits with a money. No. He just defeats them. Right. Uh, and cause, yeah, cause he's still quite alive, snake bites yeah. snack. And, uh, this is where we get our break card. Welcome to the break card. Once again, my name is Andy and you are listening to an episode of Tuning Japanese, the podcast where we're reviewing One Punch Man in season five. Man, release schedule has been all over the place, but I want to thank you for sticking with us. We are going to be getting back into the studio hopefully this weekend, either Friday or Saturday after this releases, and try to record several episodes or so, so that we can have a backlog of episodes ready to go to edit, to piece together, and to send out to you. Uh, we are definitely enjoying One Punch Man, and we hope that you are enjoying One Punch Man and all of our reviews of it as well. You know what we haven't gotten to do in a while? That's read a five-star rating and review from iTunes. Go ahead and leave a five-star rating and review if you have not done so already, and we will read it here in the break card. Another thing we'll do in the break card is thank all of our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese. 
people like Brian Nash, patrons like Cameron Baird, and of course Superfan Matt. All of you are amazing, and you are the reason why we are still on the air here over on the Tuning Japanese program. You can go check out tuningjapanese.com and patreon.com slash tuningjapanese for all the information on how to help support our show. Speaking of which, we do have a new bonus episode that we're going to put up hopefully this weekend over on our Patreon, and that'll be available to anyone who backs at just $1 a month. So go check that out when we get that up this weekend. Man, I, I think it's about time we get right back into our review of One Punch Man. Uh, Josh does not join us here on this episode at all, unlike some other ones. So hopefully he'll be back around once October is done and we can get our schedules lined up and everything going great. But thank you so much, as always, for your support. And hopefully you enjoy the rest of our review of One Punch Man Episode 5. So we come back from the break card. And Genos and Saitama have decided that they're going to go... Is this the location where they blew up the building or is this somewhere else? I can't tell. I don't know. Either way, it's a big open area, essentially. Yeah. Like a big crater. And they've decided that... Well, at least Genos has decided that he wants to train. We also find out that not only are you graded by the test scores and your ranking, but you're graded by popularity. Right. Which... I'm guessing, and again, I'm still only five episodes into this, but I'm guessing someone like Moomin Rider, who they mentioned at the very beginning of the episode is only C-class, mm-hmm. probably is one of those ones who that doesn't matter so much as his popularity amongst the people. Right. Like, everybody like, loves him. Yeah, everyone, everyone seems to love Moomin Rider. This is where Geno's essentially... I kind of like the visual look here. He's got... Like this really cool sleeveless... Like a polo vest. Yeah, like a polo vest. Absolutely. With a pop collar. And he just essentially says, Hey, Master, Saitama, you are going to train with me, but you have to promise me that you are going to fight for your life. You're not going to hold back. You're just going to, you know, do everything you can to defeat me. Yep. And we get just some absolutely cool and beautiful effects. Gorgeous artwork. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, with Genos. And, and through the middle of it, it's just Saitama going, ah. ah. <laughs> Dodging backward with yep. that, like, Caillou fucking look on his face. <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, yeah, he just, like, Genos just blows the shit out of the entire environment. One of the ones actually puts a giant cylindrical crater into the wall yeah, there. Like, like the berm is just... Just gone. And uh, I love Saitama's response. He says, oh, man, he could have burned my clothes. <laughs> uh, we get more beautiful... Dragon Ball Z-esque flying around, teleporting. I like that he's got fire coming out of his back and lightning coming out of his hands. Oh, yeah. Totally awesome. I just I just love this scene. This is one of my favorite scenes that I've seen. Because you don't get the opportunity to see a lot of cool fight scenes. You don't. Because Saitama just ends it. Yep. And so in this case, he doesn't want to hurt Jenna, so he is literally just letting it happen around him. Yeah. And Genos gets really pissed off about it. Like, he legit at one point... Well, is he just... thinks Saitama's messing with him. Yeah. He doesn't get that Saitama's a doofus, and he thinks he's messing with him. Pretty much. Uh, and, and he essentially <laughs> he sets out... Hits his limit break. Oh, he hits his limit break. He, he pops out, like, every gun he possibly has to... Combines his fist in the one, like, giant... Mega gun. Yeah. Uh, says incinerate... Well, he does. He, like, he does the angel arm from Trigun. Oh, totally. It just pops right open. Yeah. Yeah. And then basically says there's no way that Saitama got out of that. But Saitama has teleported or rushed around behind him. Which and is troublesome because he thinks he killed him. He's like, there's no way you didn't yeah, exactly. got away. Die. Yeah. I was like, 
And then Saitama just boops him on the cheek. Yep. <laughs> it's actually really cute. Uh, and this is where it pisses Genos off. Like, Genos is like, you've got to stop doing this. You've got to give me everything. You've got to promise to show me no mercy. And Caillou is all like, I, I guess. Caillou sucks so bad. <laughs> I can't help but not see Caillou, though. Like, he just reminds me of him. I don't no, know why. Because Caillou does nothing but whine. That's fair. Saitama does seem like he's going to actually follow through. And he throws a punch. Yep. But holds it away from Genos' face. Stop short of Genos' face. And then boops him on the forehead. Yep. After a giant shockwave essentially yeah. destroys everything behind him. Genos is standing there all like stunned his hair blown back. and <laughs> It's so good. And then he just prances off I... like a fucking dork. Do, 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 do. It's so good. And Genos is left staring at the crater. Basically essentially thinking, I'm never going to be as powerful as Saitama. Yeah, not a fraction. Not even a fraction of his power. He's on a completely different level from him. And then Saitama just turns around. It's like, hey, what's the matter? He's like, what's what? wrong? He's going for Udon. He's like, you don't like Udon? <laughs> so I good. like Udon. I've had, I think I've had Udon, yes. They're, 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 it's like ramen, but thicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that thick with two C's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get a, a short scene of the blue-haired guy. We cut to a bar, uh, or a, a restaurant, rather, where they're going to eat their noodles. But then I think they realize that they don't have the money for it. Right. Like... They they like they can't afford it. And then Saitama says, How about a rematch or another match? And apparently there's an Udon eating contest <laughs> where they give you a ginormous bucket of Udon noodles, and if you can complete it, you don't have to pay or they give you money, I guess. Yep. Like they'll award you. And Saitama doesn't seem to do very well. He's laying on the table twitching with a noodle hanging out of his Oh nose. my god, that is the best part of the whole episode where he just like falls over and you see the yep. noodle like dangling from his nasal cavity. I've been there. Oh, <laughs> I know you have. But it's no problem for Genos. Yeah. Because right. he's a fucking cyborg. Uh, he literally just has like a compactor down there. Pretty much, which feels unfair. Uh, he devours it. And then uh, Mr. Pretty Boy comes in. And, uh, Ame Mask. Ame yep. Mask is okay. his name. Now that yes. I heard it, it clicks. Yes. Because he's Ame Mask and he's got blue hair, so it... Oh, like, yep, yep, I don't yep. think that's like I need to do anything, but... But yes. He essentially... That's why I should have remembered it. Right, and he's the, actually the, the head of the A class. Yes. He is the top of the yep. A class. And he's got... He's got the most adorable eyes. Oh, yeah, no, he's totally anime pretty boy. Oh, he is super anime pretty boy. Uh, he pulls Genos aside and talks to him about a few things here. And I don't know if we get a full view of like what they actually are talking about. I don't think so. I think it's sort of a like a little bit of a mystery. Yeah, because like we just cut to Saitama who's like chewing on ice. Yep, <laughs> he's just bored. Uh, and then here comes Genos back in. Saitama assumes that Pretty Boy was here to fight. Right, and then but... Genos is now higher in the rankings because he beat them. Right, so he could like somehow like prove himself. But Genos says no, he was there to welcome me. Yep. And uh, at this point, all of the patrons of the restaurant are giddy as hell because Genos knows Ame Mask. All the young girls in the restaurant. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And they start shaking his hand. Uh, Saitama, not so amused by this. No. And he really is kind of into the whole, it's not fair that the heroes get treated differently. Mm -hmm. And we kind of see what they talked about. But Yeah, we do actually come back to In them. flashback as they're talking about it's not being fair and walking home. Yeah, and it's not much of a conversation, honestly. It really is. It's like you said, he's just basically welcoming it. Yeah, like... and he, he does say, you know, like, you should live up to the idea that, you know, this is a glamorous sort of job, and you're you're a symbol of hope, 
Which in um, anime is small talk. Oh, totally. I mean... And he kind of says, says something a little threatening, saying something like, don't be so hot-headed because you'll get burned by it. Um, so I don't know if that's more of a warning or maybe a slightly veiled threat. I, it's, it's, Quit blowing shit up? Kind of. Maybe it's a warning because, again, he was looking at confidential files, so it makes you wonder, did he act outside of what the the people in charge wanted or was he meant to go there to be like, hey... Or maybe they just finally put together that he's the one that... In that building. Oh, yeah, I think they know. I think they definitely know that he was the one. And I wonder if it's just like you, like, like we're watching you kind of thing, or yeah. like we're going to like control you. That's why we brought you in. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Uh, at the end of their walk, Genos decides that he's just going to take off, which is kind of weird. It, yeah, why walk all the way to his house just to go yeah, home. turn around and go home? Uh, so they part ways. It's not like he needed it for protection. No, definitely not. Uh, we get a panned away shot of the road as they're kind of walking in seven directions away from the streetlight. And I wonder if that's not maybe a bit of uh, a bit of visual metaphor too, and that they're mm. walking different directions. Yeah, totally. We get pretty bo- a shot of the pretty boy, uh, yeah, essentially just being being cryptic. Yeah, saying like, "Ah, yes, you're so mysterious. Oh, yes, mm, yes, yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're a pretty boy, a pretty pretty boy." I and I think that's it. Uh, but after the credits. We do get one more scene. We think. We're fast-forwarding to find it now. <laughs> yes, actually, this is my favorite part, I think, of the whole episode. Saitama is just kind of lounging around in his sweatpants. Oh, yeah. And he shows up, Genos does, with a ginormous bag, and he essentially says, I packed up everything, may I live with you? Yeah, because Saitama was like, oh, I thought you meant you'd be back, like, tomorrow. And he says, I would like to live with you, master. So that shoots that whole metaphor thing right Oh, totally. He's like... Yeah. I, in fact, I had forgotten that Genos didn't live there. Yeah. And then he throws out a stack of bills. Yeah, because essentially Satama goes, absolutely not. You cannot live here. And he just throws all the money down. Yeah. And Saitama says, well, I guess we could work something out. And that's it. That's episode five. So, so I guess it's time to talk about our overall thoughts on the episode. Uh, I guess I kind of did a mini review, so maybe I'll start? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, this was the first time that I didn't, like, I I was kind of, like, lukewarm and confused on it initially, and then I got to the last few episodes and I was kind of getting it and getting kind of excited. I kind of wanted a little bit more out of this than I got. That said, it was interesting, I think, the play back and forth between Genos and Saitama in this episode. It's, it's continuing to build that relationship. I like the fight scene. That was really good. And I think there was some world building here. Mm-hmm. You know, you're kind of seeing Saitama's continuing struggle of like, I need to have something to, to shoot for. Mm-hmm. And now I do. And it's not quite what I wanted either. Yeah, totally. You know, um, ultimately, it was just there to introduce you to the nuts and bolts of the hero association. Right. What the ranks mean, who the people in the ranks are. Yeah. And to show that it's not quite just and fair and straightforward. Yeah. I guess aside from the fight scene, it just it just felt like it just didn't feel like the formula of the show, which is not a bad thing. Like right. I I think shows like Sometimes those shows that get overly formulaic, right? Like your Dragon Ball Zs, your Sailor Moons, mm-hmm. your One Pieces, your whatever. Like, it, they get stale after a little while. I think that's part of the strength of the show is it's always keeping you reeling. Mm-hmm. You're never really comfortable in the show. Yeah, you're definitely not. Like, at least I'm not, kind of the way that this plays out. But it was a weaker episode for me 
in comparison to the others. Right. But I still ultimately enjoyed it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Any any other thoughts on the episode that we didn't cover? Not especially. I mean, we uh, we do introduce the idea of popularity in the superheroes, too. You know, so that that's another layer of something that Saitama's going to have to deal with. A little tongue-in-cheeky, like, you know, like... Absolutely. Like, looking at the idea of, you know, we we mentioned earlier, like, the power of, like, Spider-Man is in his popularity. The power uh-huh. of Batman is in his popularity, right. not in the superpowers, necessarily. Right. The power of, like, a character like Deadpool, right? Like, how that can, like, sort of appear out of nowhere and not really be a big moneymaker until, like, they get the right writers or they have the right movie or the right actor right. for a role. Yeah, I, I like that part of it, too. Uh, and I think that'll hopefully bring in Moomin Rider a little bit more. I think the writers, the creator, the writer, I think they understand not just, you know, uh, shown in anime, but I think they understand Western comics. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not quite as strong, but it's there. Yeah. It's a component of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a weird blending, and I I I kind of like it. I like kind of how they utilize both of those ideals. Yep. But that was episode five. We'll be back next time with the terrifying city, and I think that's my review technically this time. I believe so. So I will I will have something prepared for that, a more formal review, uh, a little more polished than this week. So hopefully you guys enjoy. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on my my Sunday best. But no, we'll be back with that. So uh, until then, I think it's time that we close this one up. This has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their 30s talk about anime. And I am part of the ass class. I'm Bill. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, I guess I'm C-ranked. The C stands for company man. <laughs> okay. Not what I was going to say. What were you going to say, Bill? Don't worry about it. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>